The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Disability Matters with your host, Joyce Bender. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender. Hey, welcome to the show on this balmy three-degree weather in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. So wherever you are, I hope that you're warm and that you're inside. Uh, You know, at least in Pittsburgh, we're a little bit used to this, but I must say, it is cold here right now. And that's why I'm glad we have a guest today that's going to warm everything up. I've known him for quite a while. He is Mr. Radio, by the way. Uh, although he is a motivational speaker today, um, he is most well-known as radio star of the show On a Roll. And uh, he's just so highly thought of in the disability community. So it is my treat to have Greg Smith with us. Greg, welcome to the show. Joyce, I'm so excited to be back on the radio and with you. Oh, well, I'm, I've been on the radio with you on the other side. As I said, you are <laughs> the pioneer um, in this area. So how, how about, Greg, if we start by telling our listeners, and by the way, those of you listening to the show, remember you can download this on iTunes or you can go to BenderConsult.com or VoiceAmerica.com because we do archive these shows. And this is a show you may want to do that with because that way you can let other people know about Greg Smith. So, Greg, how did you first become a member of the disability community? Well, I was born with muscular dystrophy in 1964, which is 50 years ago. And... I would not say that that's when I became a member of the disability community. I didn't become a member of the disability community until I was an adult, and I was looking for a job and met a lot of job discrimination. And as a result of that, I met some people at our local independent living center in Phoenix. And when that happened, it just opened my eyes to the fact that, yes, I do belong to this beautiful, large diverse community of people that have gone through similar experiences. And uh, as a result of that, I I started thinking about taking my radio skills and making them uh, applicable to the disability community, and that's when things started to roll, uh, on a roll, so to speak. So, you know, I've had my disability my whole life, but up until I was about uh, 27 years old, I never really gave it much thought. You know, I was pretty independent. Uh, was married, father of uh, two kids at the time, eventually three. Very, very, um, you know, self-supportive. But yet, when that employment discrimination happened, it was, it was just something that I felt like I needed to do something about from a proactive standpoint, and uh, applied my skills to that. And so that's what led me to the disability rights movement. Right, because I often tell people you can have a disability, but not be an advocate. 
and not realize you are part of a community, such as I realized that with living with epilepsy and a hearing loss. Um, mm-hmm. But, wow, it's good for us that you made that decision. And I have heard you speak, and I have uh, heard you on the radio when you had the show, but I know that you often speak of the double minority. I wonder if you could explain that to our listeners. Well, you know, if you have a disability and you have any other minority status, I mean, it can even be being a disabled woman. But for me, I'm an African-American and I'm a disabled American. So, um, you know, you have to fight both battles. People often ask me, which one is the most difficult battle to fight? And I think at different periods in my life, it's been different. Um, you know, I, I, one thing I will say, though, that the battle that I face regarding my disability is with me 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Those challenges never leave me. Um, I can be black in an empty room, and I'm not black. I can be purple in that room. You know what I mean? So it doesn't mm-hmm. really, there's no discrimination in times of solitude or when you're with your quote-unquote own people. So I don't know. I mean, both of them have led to challenges that I've had to overcome, but I think my disability has been with me, you know, my entire life and uh, every moment of that life. Well, what was it like for you in college, Greg? I mean, in high school, when you were in high school, what was it like? Wow. All right, when I was in high school, I was a very, uh, at first I was a very shy kid, a pretty good student. I was just coming to terms with the fact that I needed to use a wheelchair. Uh, at the age of 13, I had a spinal fusion, which means they went into my back and straightened my spine out and bolted everything together with metal rods. And so after that surgery, I needed to use a wheelchair. So, you know, at that point in your life, you're 13, you're going through adolescence, new high school, and all of a sudden you got to use a wheelchair. That was tough on me. But one of the things that I've always had is uh, uh, a set of really good parents that uh, inspired me and urged me on. And so... They knew that I'd been a drummer in, you know, in middle school, and, and uh, I wanted to be a drummer in the marching band. But if you're in a wheelchair, you know, how are you going to be in the marching band, right? Well, we went to my band instructor, and he designed a way to drive my power wheelchair with my foot. And so I was able to uh, be in the marching band and, you know, be in position and marching, but playing at the same time and getting yelled at for being in the wrong spot, just like everybody else, Joyce. And uh, that was one of the great experiences because it really, uh, for the first time, made me part of a team, you know. And from that, from that point on, my confidence started to soar. And uh, so, you know, I, I still, I'm still very much in touch with all my band buddies today. So that was a really big part of my, my life. Wow, isn't that great? Well, you know what, did you have to deal with bullying at all when you were in school? No, I never really had to deal with it at all. I, I don't know why um, some people with disabilities have had to deal with it, but it was just never a problem for me. Um, I think, you know, being ignored or being devalued was more painful than any bullying. Um, you know, and, and and rejection by the by the girls, that kind of stuff, you know, as a result of my disability did more damage to me than any bullying. Yeah, yeah, that that makes perfect sense to me. 
And we've had uh, a lot of young people go through a lot, uh, and I'm just wondering, for those listening to the show right now, um, I mean, I have young people with disabilities that are brutally bullied. Uh, what, what advice would you have for them? Well, there's a saying that my dad hammered into my head my whole life, and it's, as a man thinketh, so is he. And what that really means is that you don't have to accept any definition or identity that anyone else assigns to you, you can be the author of your own definition. So whatever they're uh, feeling about you, that they're devaluing, you don't have to accept that. And you can designate your own value. You can be who you want to be. And don't let their interpretation of who you are influence who you become and who you, who you act like. You know, be yourself. Be the person that you dream to be and just live out that identity and that will become the reality. So I think that's, you know, one of the most important lessons I've learned because I used to not do that. I used to be treated like the little cripple boy, you know, and I would take on that persona and it didn't feel good. But at a certain point I just decided, hey, you know, I'm, I'm a lot more than that. I'm a good drummer. I'm a good looking guy. You know, I have a sense of humor. All of these great things about me started to exude from my behavior, and that's because that's what I believed about myself. So I would say believe in yourself, and, you know, as a man thinketh, so is he. Yeah. Yeah, because I always tell people, when you get out of high school and you look back at some of these kids that did this, you'll be saying, why the heck did I worry about that? Now, I realize mm-hmm. it's hard to think that while you're going through this at school, but I do agree with Craig. I believe that, uh, and I know it's hard. It is hard if you're constantly, like I had this one young girl, they would call her blind Barbie freak. Um, you know, it's hard when people do that constantly. But you've got to get to the place where every morning when you get up, you say, I am an awesome person. I am a great person. I mean, you have to get that in your mind no matter what other people say about you. As I said, I know that it's hard, but as a man thinketh, so is he. We're getting ready to go to break right now. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. Don't go away. We'll be right back with Greg Smith. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Hi, I'm Greg Grunberg from the TV show Heroes. One of my personal heroes is my son, who, like more than 3 million Americans, has epilepsy. When someone with epilepsy is having a seizure, their brain is temporarily producing more electricity than their body can handle. They can shake or stare or fall down. They can also even briefly lose consciousness. If you see someone having a seizure, please make sure they're comfortable and safe. And within a few minutes or less, the electrical overload will stop and they will be okay. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org. Thank you. 
Each week, Jimmy Gould brings you the stories and the people that you want to hear about. Tune in to Our Current Life to hear about the journey to success, how our guests became the people they are today, and the highs and lows they experienced along the way. Each hour will leave you inspired and entertained as Jimmy gets up close and personal with every week's guest and shares ideas you can identify with and apply to your own life. A Current Life with Jimmy Gould airs Fridays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. How do you know if you're living with an addict? If you think you know all the recognizable signs, you probably don't. If you're listening to and reading from the so-called experts, you probably don't. You need to hear from a parent, just like yourself, who has been there and can tell you what it's like firsthand. Please listen to Afflicted by Addiction with Bradley DeHaven, Our program is heard every Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. It just might save your life or the life of someone you love. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-472. 5788. Now, please welcome back the host of Disability Matters. Here's Joy Spender. Hey, welcome back to the show. Um, and I'll tell you what, we have some great companies sponsoring the show this year, starting with Highmark. So I want to give them a special shout out for what they're doing. Um, and, you know, when companies like this are behind you, you really can do so much more to make a difference. I also want to send out a special shout-out to Yoshiko Dart. Uh, Yoshiko, love you, think about you all the time. And I want to give you an update on CRPD, the Convention on Rights of Persons with Disabilities. We aren't there yet. Got to send in those letters. Got to go to disabilitytreaty.org. You've got to send letters to your senator and specifically get them to Senator Corker. You have to speak up because if you don't, no one else will. We've got to stick together so we can make this happen. So I'll be having someone on again to talk about that, but that's where we are with CRPD. So, Greg, uh, you mentioned before, you know, about going on an interview and being discriminated against. Do you believe then that people with disabilities are not hired based on appearance? I think it's more than, more than that. It's based on the evaluation of what our abilities are. People don't really realize, if you're not disabled, that having a disability doesn't mean not able. And I think that's what they, you know, they base that old definition on, on their perceptions of our abilities. So, you know, um, um, when I went on interviews, people looked at me and thought, well, how is he going to get around? How is he going to do this? How is he going to do that? And unfortunately, that's the perception that we have to overcome in interviews. So, um, you know, appearance is, is a part of it. I mean, we all need to look the part. Um, that, that applies to anybody applying for any job. Is you look your best and look appropriate for the job. But I think that a lot of times people uh, create limitations in their own mind about what somebody else's abilities are by the fact that they have a disability. Yeah, so the part that I think would happen is um, it's just that initial part. Of course, that's how you know the person has a disability that causes you to have that 
terrible myth in your mind. They'll be inferior. They can't do it. Uh, but once again, that's why I always tell people with disabilities, don't sit back. Be aggressive on your job search. We need a paradigm shift because guess what? No one's going to come to save you. You've got to get out there. You've got to be aggressive. You can't wait. You've got to get out there, and you've got to do research. Um, I mean, I can't tell you how many people I meet that just, I don't know what it is they're waiting for, but you know, maybe that's just because they've been so beaten down, they're almost ready to give up, but don't give up. Don't yeah, give up. Yeah, that's the thing, George. I mean, you know, um, I, I, I have to sell myself as a professional speaker you know, on a daily basis. And that's just like job interviewing. I mean, I'm basically applying for jobs to speak all the time. And I don't like getting on the phone, making all these phone calls, meeting with people. I mean, that's not a process that you enjoy because of the rejection that you get. You know, either they uh, found another speaker or for whatever reason don't want to hire me. That doesn't feel good. And it doesn't feel good to, to get turned down for any job. But the thing is, you have to realize that the more calls you make, the more interviews you do, the more likely that you're going to find that perfect match. And so, you know, don't don't let it get you down. You just got to continue to be proactive and persistent in order to seek it out. Yeah, that's right. Because if you don't knock, they don't know you're there. You've got to keep keeping on. Uh, well, Greg, you when I met you. You were with the host. You were the host of On a Roll. Um, and now you have this new work you're doing, The Strength Coach. But how did you first become involved in the radio? How did that start? I started in radio in high school. That was the other thing I forgot to mention to you about high school. I was the sports director of the campus radio station, WDGC, Downers Grove, Illinois. And I did all the play-by-play of the football, basketball, and baseball games on the radio for two years. So I, I knew right then and there, the moment I got on the air, this is something I want to do with the rest of my life. So when it came time for college, I picked Arizona State because I mainly wanted to get out of the cold weather, and they were also starting a new radio station at ASU that year. So went to ASU, became the sports director there as a freshman. So I did four years of play-by-play of all the three major sports. And when I graduated, I'd done a lot of internships, and I was really uh, prepared for my career. I got a job at the top news talk radio station in Phoenix, and, uh, you know, I I always wanted to do radio. But then um, at the radio station, I decided that I wanted to move into more business uh, side of it and uh, become a sales rep. They were making all the money, Joyce, and so I wanted to get a piece of that. Um, but that's when uh, the perception of my abilities wasn't uh, in congruence with what I knew uh, them to be. And so as a result of that, I started to put two and two together and think of ways that I could use my disability as an advantage instead of working against the perception of it. You know what I mean? Yes. I wanted to combine my skills as a radio person with my skills, so to speak, as a disabled person. And so that's when the idea for a radio show started. And uh, the name we picked was On a Roll. And I remember the day we started, we were on KFNN Radio in Phoenix. And I had done a lot of pre-publicity to get all the media to come out and do this 
novel story about this guy, you know, with a disability starting a radio show uh, on disability issues. So we had all the, you know, the TV stations and the newspapers were there. And uh, uh, I had told all my fraternity brothers, you know, the night before that this is the call-in number. So I need you guys to call in, you know, when I say this number so that I can get started and know that I'm going to have some callers right off the bat. So we did our intro, and I'm sitting in there in the studio, and I say the, the call-in number, we take a break. And you know how um, there's like a caller bank where the lights blink when somebody <laughs> yeah. calls in? Well, Joyce, there wasn't any blinking going on at all. <laughs> and, and I'm on the air, I'm coming back from the break, and uh, there's nobody there. And so I had to shift what I wanted to talk about, and... I don't know, I probably rambled on for a few minutes, and then a light started blinking, and it was not one of my fraternity brothers. It was the mother of a kid with CP in Scottsdale. And then two or three lights started blinking, and, you know, it was a person with a, uh, a quadriplegia uh, in Tempe. And pretty soon I realized I had a hit because I didn't need my fraternity brothers to call in. We had people calling in the show that needed the show. And so that was just the affirmation that first week that, hey, this is, this is something that, that has legs. So that's how it got started. Um, and then from there, we grew on to a few other radio stations, Las Vegas, uh, and then we became syndicated. And over the course of the next 14 years, I think we had a total of like 80 89 radio stations or something like that that carried our show over that time span. So, and we're talking all over the airwaves radio in addition to internet. So it was, uh, it was quite a run. I mean, we really enjoyed it. I had a lot of great people working for me. Todd Kimball uh, was my kind of my co-host and partner in the, in the beginning and Mike Irvin, uh, the great Mike Irvin. Uh, I'm sure you, I don't know if you guys have had him on your show, but, uh, his, his uh, blog is Smart Ass Cripple. Uh, he's a great writer and somebody who uh, is a leader in the disability rights movement, but he was a producer of the show and led to some really good, interesting guests. So, hey, I miss it. You know, I had some, some health problems in 2005 and caused me to, you know, tone things down a little bit, and so I let the show go. And... I regret that. I miss doing radio, and I'm having a great time. I'm here with you right now, Joyce. Well, you are, I mean, you have, yes, you did have a great show. And every time I think about, you know, people that have influenced me, I think of you. Well, thank you. That means a lot. So now, though, you, in addition to this background, you're on to new ventures now. Yeah, I am called the Strength Coach. Yeah, what is that? that? Yeah, I made that nickname up for myself. I don't have very much physical strength at all, but I believe I've got a lot of inner strength. Um, difficult things don't faze me. You know, the more you fight, the more you gain. And so as a result of uh, that, I, I came up with the title of the Strength Coach. And, and the, the play on words there is that if you're a football fan, you know that the Strength Coach is the one that, makes you lift and gain strength and physically get stronger. And he's kind of usually not a very nice guy. You know, he's in your face. And so that's what I thought I would be. Even though I am a nice guy, I can get in your face and make you realize 
what you need to do to be productive and to be happy and to build your inner strength. So I've taken that persona on as a speaker, um, and I love speaking in front of people. And what I like about speaking in front of an audience is that on the radio, you don't really get to see the response you get from folks. You can imagine it, but you can't see it. When you're in front of an audience, it's instantaneous. You can see them nod their heads. You can see them smile. You can hear them laugh. You can see the appreciation on their faces. And you can feel the standing ovation when you're done. And that's an incredible um, payoff, uh, one that you can't get on radio. I love speaking in front of audiences. The bigger, the better. Uh, I've been doing it now for about 12 years professionally. Um, and, you know, I, I just want to do as much of it as possible. Well, that's good. What do you do? Tell us what you do. What I, You mean in terms of my speech? Yeah. Well, I talk about inner strength. I talk about... Um, the qualities that it takes to build inner strength. I also focus a lot on what I call silencing the negative voice within. And I think that's a skill that anybody can use, everybody can use. Uh, We talk a lot about uh, being positive, but then a lot of times we have this internal voice that whispers in our ear why we're not able to do something or why we're not qualified or why we're not good enough and it just puts this pessimistic viewpoint in our minds so we got to learn how to make that voice shut up and so that's the title of my new book shut up silencing the negative voice within um it's a short book it's not very long but it goes into some very creative ways but effective ways that you can make that voice shut up and listen to your positive inner voice so that's my latest work Wait, what is the name of that book again? It's called Shut Up, and then the subtitle is Silencing the Negative Voice Within. All right, now here's my question. How does someone purchase that book? Uh, You can go to my website, which is www.thestrengthcoach.com. www.thestrengthcoach.com. Right, you'll find it there along with my Memoir, On a Roll, Reflections from America's Wheelchair Dude with the Winning Attitude. And that was written in 2006. Um, that I'm very proud of, too, because it really tells the details of, of my, uh, my journey. And it's about a 280-page book. Oh, that's good. You know what? That would also be great, Greg, for schools. You know how we were talking about this bullying? That sounds like something great to give young people also. You know, that's a great idea because it goes a lot into my my childhood and my youth and how I was able to navigate, you know, not necessarily bullying, but just devaluation from my classmates and carve a niche as a person with, a, with an identity in high school. I haven't been to any of my high school reunions yet, um, but I, I plan on going back. I think we're having one this year, um, but I'm in touch with everybody from high school, and they all remember me, and they all, you know, a lot of people say to me now that they were inspired by me, they were impressed by me, that I had an influence on them, and so a lot of times I don't think we as people with disabilities realize the impact that we have 
on other people that can be positive. Um, yeah, there are bullies, there are jerks, but there are also good kids that, that see what you go through and see and appreciate what you have to deal with. And so, you know, you might not know it, but you might be impacting them in a positive way. Well, we have questions that are emailed to us prior to the show during the week because we advertise these shows. And the one question I have for you is from Alinda in Arizona. And the question is, Greg, do you follow, can we follow you on your website in reference to speaking? I think what she's saying is, do you let people know when you're speaking somewhere? Oh, yeah, yeah, I put that on my website and my email newsletter and uh, on my Facebook. I'm a Facebook fanatic, so anytime I'm speaking, it's going to be all over there. But you can go to my website and definitely see uh, my speaking schedule. Okay, we got a Tom here from Fort Worth, Texas. Um, Greg, I really am impressed with everything that you're doing. I would like to know, though, how did you overcome obstacles in your life? What gave you the inner strength to do that? Well, I, I think I mentioned earlier, you know, my parents uh, gave me a lot of positive feedback and they didn't allow me to sulk and, and uh, feel sorry for myself. I think that's probably the main thing that led to me being who I am today. Um, you know, and, I, and I've always had a lot of ambition. I've always wanted to have fun and enjoy my life and uh, I would be determined to achieve those feelings. And when I wasn't feeling those feelings, I would do whatever I could to get them. I wouldn't let, you know, any any negativity stop me from achieving my goals. So I think having determination, building a sense of determination, uh, not giving up, because once you start giving up, then it continues. It becomes a habit. But, you know, let me tell you, I, I got a, a quick story. I tell you about one time when I was home alone. I, I was trying to open a, a Pepsi two liter, and it's, I'm going to make this really short. It's a long keynote signature story, but it, it, it applies to this. I tried my teeth. I tried hot water on the cap. I tried making a mechanism with a, with a pair of drumsticks to get some leverage. I spent about three hours, Joyce trying to get into this Pepsi 2-liter, and I couldn't get it open. There was no way to wow. get it open. And I was home alone, and it just became a test in determination. I could have given up and had some water, but it was more a game for me. Uh, you know, I was just determined to win this game. So the, the solution was I went out to my garage, and I found a pair of pliers and brought them back in. And I squeezed the pliers with all my strength, and I was still unable to get the cap off. So now it's like three hours into this ordeal. And I went back out to the garage and I threw my pliers over to the corner. And they slid in the corner where I saw the solution. I rolled back into the, uh, to the kitchen. And I laid the two liter down. And I raised my hand in the air, which held a dart from my dartboard. And I stabbed the best tasting lukewarm beverage I've ever had in my life. <laughs> yes, that and, is know, called determination. But right, you know what? The thing about, yeah. And, and, and the thing about that, Joyce, when that happened, and when I enjoyed that Pepsi, it 
was the best tasting lukewarm beverage I've ever had in my life. And the feeling that I got from that was a natural high. It was an addictive high. It was the kind of thing where, wow, I feel so good about what I just did. I've got to find that feeling again. And so I've been, you know, continually seeking out ever since then new ways to feel good about my accomplishments. So any challenge, bring it on, you know, because in solving that challenge, I'm going to feel good. I'm going to get that feeling again. I'm addicted to it. So that was a major thing that happened to me. I mean, it wasn't significant in terms of, you know, my contribution to the world or anything, you know, but it was very significant in terms of making me realize that, hey, you can feel really good if you accomplish your goals in the face of, in the face of difficulty. Think outside the box. Absolutely. Thinking outside yeah. the box. Hey, if you just joined us, we're talking to Greg Smith, who, radio broadcaster, motivational speaker, and author. And he is with us today. We'll be right back with him. If you want to keep following this, remember, go to iTunes. You can download this show. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. Don't go away. We'll be right back with Greg. News, opinion, your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787, 1-866-472-5787, voiceamerica.com. Hi, I'm Greg Grumberg from the TV show Heroes. One of my personal heroes is my son, who, like more than 3 million Americans, has epilepsy. When someone with epilepsy is having a seizure, their brain is temporarily producing more electricity than their body can handle. They can shake or stare or fall down. They can also even briefly lose consciousness. If you see someone having a seizure, please make sure they're comfortable and safe. And within a few minutes or less, the electrical overload will stop and they will be okay. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org. Thank you. News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters. Here's Joy Spender. Hey, welcome back to the show. We're talking to Greg Smith, radio broadcaster from that great show, On a Roll, author, motivational speaker, and disability leader, so well-known in this country. Uh, when we were on break, Greg, we were talking about aging as a person with a disability, which to many people is frightening. And to many people, they really have no idea what's going to happen. Sadly, a lot of people think the worst. Um, and I know there are so many ways that you can age and enjoy life. But do you want to talk about that for a few minutes? Well, first of all, it's really scary, Joyce. I mean, you know, I never thought I would live this long. I'm going to be 50 in March. And, you know, they told my parents I'd live to be maybe 20. So I have kids that are older than that now. <laughs> and, you know, I never thought I'd reach this point. But 
in reaching this point, I'm starting to realize that there are a lot of changes that are happening to my body. I'm nowhere near as independent as I was even three or four years ago. Um, you know, and so I, I know that these things are happening to my body. Um, um, but, you know, the thing is, you just got to stay positive um, and, and continue to seek out ways to be independent. Let me give you an example. Getting in and out of bed for me has become very difficult. I used to be able to get my rear end off of the bed and onto the, the seat of the wheelchair and then sit upright in the wheelchair. I had the back muscles to be able to pull myself up, but those are gone now. I don't have that ability anymore. I used to also be able to flip my arm back onto my armrest of my chair to press a button that tilted my chair up to the point where I was able to use that leverage and that gravity to pull myself back up into the seat. But now I don't have the strength to pull my arm back to reach that button. So what do I have to do, Joyce? What am I going to do? I'm going to move the button. You know, you just have to continually move the button. You have to continually shift things so that you're maintaining as much independence as possible and staying positive about it. You know, I know that I'm getting weaker, but I'm also getting smarter, and I'll figure out ways to continue my independence long into the future. I love that. Move the button. I love that. I love it. And you know what? Isn't that what it's all about? When you're a person with a disability, you either look one way and only see, I'm not going to make it, what am I going to do, or you move the button. Oh, don't worry, though. I'll give you credit. You will be (laughs) the person I give credit to, but you know what? That is what it's all about. You know what that reminds me of is when companies want to hire people from me and, oh, what are we going to do? How are we going to deal with this? How will we deal with this accommodation? And for the rest of my life, I'll be saying, move the button. Yeah, you know, and, um, you know, I, I think that I just said that for the first time just now on the George Bender show. But that's, well, it's forever going to be a Greg Smith it'll, it'll, Yeah, thing. it'll be on my, in my speech from now on. Thank yeah, you. no, that's going to be you. Anytime I talk about it on the air, I'm going to say, and as Greg Smith said, move the button. That is a great, hey, you know what? Really, that's a whole motivational speech for you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, well see, I take credit for you saying it here first. There you go. Yeah. I take credit for that. But getting back to what you were talking about, yeah, you know, I'm going to be honest with you. I have many parents that call me. Possibly they have a child, you know, with an intellectual disability, and they're always saying, what's going to happen to my child? But then I have people with very significant disabilities that are losing the ability, you know, to do a lot of things, and they're saying the same thing, what's going to happen to me? Everyone envisions themselves in some type of assisted living uh, facility, and, you know, that's a scary thought. That, that really is. So, you know, when you think about all these things, do, do you put a plan together? How do you think about moving that button, Greg Smith? Well, I mean, I have some contingency plans right now. I am I'm a, I'm a return to the nester. <laughs> you know, after my divorce, my parents helped me with my three kids, so we moved in back with them, and we've been, you know, with them for uh, almost 20 years now. Um, but, um, you know, they're aging and, you know, nobody's getting any younger. So if anything happens, I have to figure out, you know, what, what my next move is going to be. 
Um, and I haven't figured that out yet. That's something that I need to work on. Um, but I do eventually have the aspiration to move out after my kids are gone. Uh, my daughter is 16 now, and so she's really the only reason uh, that I have to stay here with them and start to establish some independence so that I know I can live on my own. Um, one of the things I'd like to do is re- return to the Valley of the Sun, uh, get some of that warm weather and good air, um, which help, would help my respiratory system uh, back in Phoenix. So, you know, those are possibilities. But, you know, jo- I-, I am, Joyce, in the process of, you know, thinking about those things and putting together that plan right now. Because I don't want to live in a nursing home. No. It's not going to happen. Not you know happen. what? I, you know, it says uh, many of the disability advocates call a nursing home a prison because, you know, I don't think people realize there are people in that nursing home who are young, young, yeah. like in their 20s with a significant disability. And I, right. always, tell, I always tell people, you've got to figure this out. You can yeah. figure it out. You know, a lot of people work, just as you said, with independent living centers to put together a plan for what they need or, you know, with vocational rehabilitation for, you know, what they need to do to make their uh, house completely accessible or with uh, someone like uh, UCP that provides personal attendance. I mean, there are many, many things you can do, but this is one thing I would say. I would say start doing that. Now, to anyone listening to the show, don't wait. You know, like, don't wait to the last w- where you have to do something. It's yeah, good to have right. that plan B now. You're right. And I should be especially motivated because after Hurricane Katrina, our house was destroyed pretty much, and I had to live in a nursing home for three months. So I know what it's like, and uh, don't, don't, definitely don't want to go back. Well, Greg, what was that like? Um, It was isolating. Um, There was nobody there my age, so I didn't really have the ability to, you know, have uh, socialization. Um, They they stretched a lot of the rules for me, though, because I was so different than a lot of the residents. So I was able to get my shower every day as opposed to twice a week or three days a week. Um, I could come and go as I wanted, whereas a lot of the, the residents needed to have somebody sign sign them in and out and those kinds of things. So, I mean, I could I could definitely see where it would be very very restrictive for somebody that were you know that was permanently officially a patient. Uh, but they were doing me a favor, but just by giving me a place to live while the house was being rebuilt. So it wasn't like I was a true uh, admitted patient in, in the nursing home. Mm-hmm. But it, it definitely wasn't a, a very happy place. You know what I mean? It was just kind of somber, and you know, there'd be people to get sick, and uh, every now and then the ambulance would show up and take somebody to the hospital. Um, I don't know. It's just, it just it wasn't good. So that's one of the things I definitely want to avoid. Well, I, I, I'll tell you what, anyone listening to the show, listen to me. Right here in Pittsburgh, and I know this is all across the country with independent living centers, but in Pittsburgh, Three Rivers Center for Independent Living, that is one of the things we're all about. I mean, they have been successful in getting people out 
of nursing homes that should not be there in the first place. But you can put together a plan with your independent living center or go to uh, NICL, which Kelly Buckland is the head of the National Council on Independent Living, which is NCIL.org. You know, get in touch with someone like Kelly, Kelly Buckland. Get advice. Where can I go? What can I do now? Think about it now. So I'm really glad, Greg, that you bought, brought that up because no to the nursing home. <laughs> right. Nope. And, and nope, I, nope, you know, nope. it's important that you would be even talking about this because I want other people listening to the show today to be thinking about this. Really, it's like me. I have epilepsy. Okay, but what would happen if I had a terrible accident? What would mm-hmm. happen? Well, hopefully, you know, my husband would stay with me, and I believe he would. But guess what? There are people like me that are in poverty, and no, they would not have anyone to help them. So, you know, you, we really got to think about all these things. And what is that, what your father told you, as you oh, think it? As, as a man thinketh, so is he. Okay, there you go. So mm-hmm. maybe they told you you wouldn't live past 20, but we already know you defied that, so hey. You got a long life ahead of you yet, so you got to plan things out. I like to think that, yep. Right? Yes, absolutely. Well, I'll tell you what, you are inspirational. And anyone listening to the show right now, you know, this guy, first of all, he's a great person, period. Very highly thought of. But if I were you, and you're looking for that motivational speaker to come in and speak, which I know I get called frequently asking for people to do that. Um, And I will tell you, I'm going to be recommending Greg Smith, and I hope if you're listening to the show, you would do the same thing. And, Greg, what's that website again? I'm glad you brought that up because you can actually see one of my entire keynote speeches on the site. It's uh, www, and then three words, the strength coach. www.thestrengthcoach.com. Well, why don't you all go there? There you go. You can see one of his keynote presentations, and I'm telling you, you'll see what I mean about him. And everyone is looking for speakers right now. Here you go. Here's someone. Make sure you follow up with that. Well, Greg, before we go, I had a few last questions for you. I think I know the answer to the next one, but what I wanted to ask you is you obviously have an incredible spirit, uh, determination, innovation. My question is, who was your role model? Who, who do you think instilled this in you? Um, like I said, my parents. I mean, you know, my dad was a football coach who gave up that career to start a corporate career, and he stressed education, hard work. He didn't baby me. He made me uh, crawl up the stairs to go to bed instead of carrying me. So I think uh, uh, from a parenting perspective, you know, he and my mother, my mother was a very loving person who uh, made sure that I communicated well. She was an English teacher. You know, I got my sense of humor from her. So those two people uh, definitely uh, are my role models. Um, I don't, you know, oh, the other thing is I do have a couple of role models that um, I've based my career on, but also just my my drive and ambition for my goals in the disability community. Uh, Ed Roberts was definitely mm-hmm. one of my heroes. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, 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 I met Ed on the phone in uh 
1994, I think, or 93, 93, I think. I was just starting the radio show, and I was uh, a little bit uncertain about it and had some self-doubt. He eliminated all that self-doubt immediately and just took the concept of the radio show and spread the word about it and just hurled it forward miles in the right direction. And so I will ever be appreciative uh to Ed Roberts, and we just celebrated Ed Roberts Day a few days ago. Um, you know, miss him, uh, but definitely uh, he's one of my top American heroes. And uh, Justin Dart also, uh-huh. uh, another yeah. guy who took me under his wing, uh, gave me great advice, supported me, uh, resulted in you know uh, uh, me being able to acquire some guests that I probably never would have got on my radio show. Had it not been for him, so just another another great guy and another guy uh, that we miss. So those are probably my my two top role models. Wow! Well, those are two great role models, and you know Yoshiko listens to this show all the time. That's why you know when I tell her hi, she's saying hi back somewhere right now. But I'm sure that meant a lot to her to hear that. Hi, Yoshiko. How are you? I miss you. <laughs> yeah. See. Yoshiko, we all miss you, but Yoshiko is continuing to carry that spirit of Justin, and Justin Dart, absolutely one of the greatest civil rights leaders ever, period. No question about it. Well, Greg, look at you. You have already accomplished so many things in your life, more than many people would. So my question to you is, what do you consider your greatest accomplishment? Uh, their names are Greg Jr., Donovan, and Berkeley. <laughs> they are uh, 21, 20, and 16. And without a doubt, you know, they've brought me the most joy out, out of anything uh, my entire life. I love my kids. Um, so that's, that's the answer to that. Um, you know, if, you, if you're asking me in terms of my career, what my greatest accomplishment was, it was definitely on a roll. Mm-hmm. I feel like I, I, yeah, I definitely struck a nerve that was needed uh, in, in the disability community. And I think I'd like to hope that I helped the level of self-esteem and awareness of our movement to a certain extent uh, with the show and maybe helped bond people together a little bit more and spread the word about independent living a little bit more in our society. So, mm-hmm. yeah, those were two, two great Well, thoughts. you know what, Greg? You've got to go beyond this. It shouldn't just be radio. You should be TV. Yeah, I don't know if I'm good-looking enough for TV, Joyce. What do you think? I think <laughs> you're TV. Hey, you've got it. You, you have a lot to offer. And, again, anyone listening to this show, this man, Greg Smith, great person, someone that would be a great motivational speaker for a conference, for some special event, he's your man, Greg Smith. So, Greg, what message do you want to leave with our listeners today? Well, the one you just did. Hire me, everybody. But uh, (laughs) beyond that, you know, just definitely believe in yourself. As a man, think it, so is he. Um, Have positive self-thoughts, and that'll turn into results for you. And, you know, I just think that no matter how difficult things get, 
no matter how negative they seem, there's always another side to it. And to stick around positive people, follow me, follow my blog. Uh, I can lead you in the right direction and help you steer clear of negative thoughts. Again, the website is www.thestrengthcoach.com. And, hey, keep listening to Joyce Bender on Disability Matters. Great program, and I'm proud if I had any influence on your decision to do this show, Joyce. Well, yes, you did. And now here we are 12 years last week. Governor Ridge, Governor Thornburg, uh, we've had Marco, we've had CEOs, we've had everyone, and here he is, Greg Smith, the pioneer, the first. And may I tell you again, you're looking for a great speaker, it's Greg, Greg Smith, uh, and also on Facebook. So you can go to website or Facebook, and you're going to find him. Well, Greg, thank you so much for being with us today. Joyce, it's a pleasure to hear your voice again, and I look forward to seeing you at one of these conferences soon. Me, me too, and when I see you, I want to see you on the stage speaking. All right, And I will, be, I will be recommending you, so I'm not just telling you I'm going to do the same thing when I talk to people, and I know some places right now, and you better beat me and call them. Well, <laughs> we win every show, every show we end with a quote from someone that has influenced the lives of so many people. So guess what? I'm changing the quote today. Ready? Move the button. Says <laughs> Greg Smith. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. Talk to you next week. Voice America would like to thank you for tuning in. Please join us next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time for another installment of Disability Matters right here on the Internet Leader in Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.